ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. everybody. Welcome to this episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. And I have a guest with me today that's going to be talking about baking. And it's something that I don't do very often anymore, but I used to love, love, love to bake. So, and I think she's going to teach us some things that maybe you haven't ever heard of because she's professional. So I want to introduce you today to Shirley Cornby. She's a home baker extraordinaire and qualified pastry chef. She was born in Zimbabwe, but she now lives in the UK. Shirley has had a lifelong passion for baking. And I forgot to ask how to say this, patisserie. Patisserie, that's correct. Patisserie, yeah. I was close. Patisserie. And she's going to tell us what that is. After 30 plus years of working at a business as a business analyst in the IT industry, Shirley took a career break and trained as a professional pastry chef at the prestigious Le Cordon Bleu Cookery School. As a result, she has the unique ability of bringing professional skills to the home baker through her online baking school called Sharing Deliciousness. Shirley is working on developing a new course content for her baking school and her first cookbook of recipes with the human story behind them. For more information, she can be reached at info at sharingdeliciousness.com. And we'll be putting this information in the show notes. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It's great to have you on and talking on this topic as I was Saying in the intro, you know, I used to love to bake when I was, I still remember as a freshman in high school and I was taking my home ec class and we were learning how to bake pies and to make a pie crust, crust from scratch. And so I practiced and practiced on that and I got really good at it. And the first one I made turned out beautiful. It was a pumpkin pie and it just turned out perfect. We took a picture. I was just so proud of myself. And so I went on this kick for, you know, a while baking pies and homemade crust, which I don't do anymore, but, <laughs> but that, that was something I used to really love to do. So tell us about your love of baking and sharing food and just where did that all come from? Cause you were in it first. So that's kind of a leap. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I still am in IT. I'm still in my day job. And I, as I say, I'm uh, trying to grow my business, sharing deliciousness in parallel to that. And But my, my love of baking and food goes right way back to when I grew up. I mean, as I said in the, said in the introduction, I you know, brought up in Zimbabwe. And um, at the time, we had economic sanctions in that country. And uh, so, you know, I, I didn't know any better, but, you know, I, I grew up, 
uh, watching my mum making everything from scratch. So it was the norm for me and sort of society and um, a network of friends that we had. It was very normal to have people around for dinner parties and those parties, things like that. So, so all of that um, sort of um, entertainment and uh, friendship growing around food, around a table, sort of breaking bread together effectively, uh, you know, goes right back to my childhood. I know something that stayed with me. And uh, I suppose I, I've, I've got more into the baking side of things rather than, um, you know, um, doing sort of savory dishes. I mean, I still do that, but, you know, my, my love and passion has, has, has gone into the baking side of things. And uh, I suppose, you know, ultimately it's my friend. It's like an old friend for me is that whenever I'm, you know, just might might have had that bad day at the office or whatever it is, you know, the, the place I'll gravitate to is my kitchen and I don't have to turn out anything fancy. It can just be, you know, a, a tray of brownies or whatever. And it's just something that I find hugely leveling and something very visceral about just being very creative at a fundamental level. Yeah. And then obviously sharing it. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I mean, people love baked goods. <laughs> sure. 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 I, yeah. I used to love to bake brownies and I, I don't know where my love of baking went, maybe just getting busy with life. <laughs> yeah, I but, think it is that. And also priorities change and, you know, it, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I know a lot of people who are the same with that, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I love that picture of just being around the table, breaking bread and just mm -hmm. that community that comes with, you know, doing that and, you know, feeling the sense of um, calm or peace or creativity or whatever you feel when you're baking and then having something beautiful to share. Yeah. And I also love the fact that you are pursuing what you love, your passion while working a job. Yeah. So just for my audience sake, because I know a lot of ladies listening to this podcast are probably in the same boat, or maybe they're still working their job, but they wish they could pursue a passion. And especially one like this baking, because I've heard a lot of women say, well, I love to bake or I love to sew, or I love to paint or I love to whatever, but I don't see how that could create an income for me. So you are the perfect person to talk to about that. So can you kind of walk us through like what you maybe you had to overcome fears maybe or thinking, you know, this will never work or, you know, what, what kinds of things did you have to overcome to say, okay, yes, I'm going to do this school. Yeah. So I'm still in the infancy of my business. So say I, I launched it in January this year, um, sharing deliciousness, but um. It, it came to a point where I, I realized that I had something of value to give to people. You know, it is that um, I've had to overcome that massive imposter syndrome that I think a lot of people will relate to. And I am, um, I just ended up realizing I had to trust myself that I had a message to give to the world. And I'm still iterating my way towards that. But I, it got to the point where I just felt so compelled that I had to do something about it and the thing that has helped me the most is um somebody sort of just said to me just take lots of imperfect action because I think when I first started out I, I I wasn't quite sure exactly what I was aiming for you know I, I know that for me baking is not just about the food so that's the the food's the front door for me for me baking is much bigger than that in terms of what it's given me for my sense of well-being the community it's it's 
growing my confidence just by how I've seen my skills improve. And a lot of it's, you know, it's just through practice and watching other people and being encouraged by the people. And I think there's a message in that that I can give to people because I've, particularly when I look back at how my skill has improved, look back to where I started and when I, um, to what I can do now. And I remember the point at which I started discovering, you know, high-end patisserie and the more refined element of, of the baking world. And I remember saying to myself, oh, my goodness, how on earth did I make something like that? I've just got to learn how to do that. And when I, there are some things that are complicated, but there are a lot of things that when you break down the individual components, those in themselves are not complicated. And it's just being shown how to do it. And the sense of achievement, but like how you alluded to with your pumpkin pie, that sense of achievement when you've done it, and it doesn't even have to be perfect, but the fact that you've, you know, created something that in yourself is beautiful to you and a sense of, of achievement for yourself. Forget the calories and all that, that, you know, because people, I think, dumb down baking a lot in this, you know, healthy kind of world that we're all supposed to be striving towards is that the mental health benefits that it's given me far away in the <laughs> calories, you know, everything in moderation for sure, but those sort of positive side door benefits have been huge for me. And I think that's part of what I wanted to to, to give out to the world in terms of my message is yeah the baking skills but it's also what you what it can give you as a person yeah whether you're just baking for yourself whether you're baking for community you know for for all those kind of purposes yeah you know it's just reminding me so of how it's so important to know your why yeah. and I think this is really key for women to hear is that it isn't just baking or it isn't just sewing or knitting or whatever it is that you really love to do. It's the why behind it. And you just shared that beautifully, like your why and your passion goes much deeper than just the baking. And the baking is like a great expression of something deeper that expresses itself through your baking. And it, that was just really really powerful. Thank you. Yeah. But it kind of relates a little bit to the, the book that I'm, uh, trying to work on at the moment the recipe or cookbook I think you folk might call it as well um is it's all about the nostalgia behind recipes and um I am um, done a lot of uh fundraising for a local charity right here on my doorstep one of my heartfelt passions very close to my heart is uh, the loneliness and isolation in this world and uh my this charity they involved in a number of projects but particularly they run a befriending service where they recruit volunteers to visit Lonely or isolated old people in their homes, you know, once a week or call them up on the phone or whatever. And I've asked my funds to be, you know, put towards that. And I had an idea that I would write a recipe book of all the sort of recipes that I've used to as sort of behind all the money I've raised for them uh, that I've sold on for, for, for that is to, um, is to see whether I can get to interview those people where, um, Ultimately, my fundraising, but you know, one step forward in my, my, my baking has supported those people and, and what it means to them. But then also perhaps what their favorite baking recipes are, you know, going and, and it's that kind of element of human story that brings the power of baking alive for me. That is fantastic. What better way to help people that are lonely than to go see them, but bring them something that you baked? <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people are lonely. That's a big thing. I mean, even when you're in the middle of a crowd of people, you can feel lonely, you know, 
But I know there's a lot of people right now with the pandemic that are feeling the loneliness so much more people that are alone anyway, living alone and how much worse it is for them. Yeah. So that's a cool thing. A befriending service. I never heard of that before. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great. And I, uh, so I've, I've been partnering up with a, a lady and I ring her once a week, you know, with, now with COVID here, we've got distancing and stuff. So, but I give her a call every week and we have a little natter. It's um, oh, really nice. Beautiful. I know she really appreciates it because she's very isolated and yeah, particularly now with COVID, there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of visit people and that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my gosh. My heart goes out to people like that. Cause my dad, he, he lives with my brother, but he, does my brother lives upstairs and I think for long, large parts of the day, he's downstairs by himself and, oh, it just breaks my heart. I go over there as much as I can, but I hate to think of anybody just being alone. I do a lot of baking, a lot of recipe testing and stuff, and there's only so much I can eat. So I actually also donate a lot to my local food bank. So, you know, there's, there's always that element of giving for me and my, you know, my baking. It's really important to me. And that's kind of where the ethos of sharing deliciousness comes from, I suppose. Yeah, that's really beautiful. So I know you had this these pop-up tea rooms or tell me about that. Naively dreamt, I don't know if naive is the right word, but dreamt of having my own tea shop or coffee shop commercially and uh, just never made that commercial step for whatever reason. I think partly it's probably too scared or couldn't see the commercial, um, you know, the business case for it. But there was a movement here in the UK. It was called like a supper club movement where people were cooking in their own homes, but through social media advertising, you know, getting people to come and eat their food, you know, in their homes around their dinner table, you'd pay for it. But it was really sort of advertised on an eat to know basis and all sort of on a social media kind of setup. So, you know, some people were doing evening meals and that, but some people were doing afternoon teas. And I got, you know, when I heard about that, I thought that's just the perfect sort of in-between step for me because I was still in my day job, but it meant that I could still be creative, uh, still have that community kind of kind of idea. So, uh, so yeah, it was advertised on a need-to-know basis, uh, you know, through um, social media and that. And I could only have six people around my table because I'm in quite a small house. But I would, about once a month, I would have an event where effectively six people who didn't know each other, I mean, generally people came in pairs, but six people who didn't know each other would come and I would serve them high tea afternoon tea um and it was great fun it was very sort of cozy intimate kind of setting and lots of laughter and chatter and uh, you know for two or three hours and I would put on um you know a selection of sandwiches and some savory dishes and then some sweet um elements you know cakes and things and then bottomless tea and coffee and scones clotted cream and that kind of thing and uh it was a lot of work for me because I, you know, I didn't have anybody helping me in that. And that was okay, you know, but I loved it. And I met so many nice people and, you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, weren't you frightened of having strangers in your house? And it was never like that because they were, they were just the kind of people that were, they, they knew what they were coming to. So they were just that kind of mindset of people that I, you know, would be respectful and that kind of thing. And also because it was a a daytime thing it was all very safe really and I never had any issues uh so um so yeah I did that for about about eight years and um kind of stopped doing them for now anyway um December 2018 when I started to want to you know launch my online cookery course I couldn't do both it was just too much work for me so um but yeah I'd love to go back to it because it really ticked all the boxes for me about being able to 
be creative and um I was very brave I often used to test recipes on them you know and um, you know, make things for the first time and that but um I had so much fun putting the menus together and then obviously meeting these people it was um it was great fun yeah you really have a gift of hospitality I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah I loved it yeah that is so cool tell us a little bit more about your baking school Sharing deliciousness. Sharing deliciousness, yeah. So my sort of idea and vision is to create a, a full baking school. So at the moment, I've got one course out there, um, which is my pastry course, um, pastry masterclass, perfect pastry masterclass. And um, I'm currently working on a macaron course at the moment. It does take me quite a while to develop the material because I'm you know, still in the day job, but um you know, I'm just doing a little bit every day and uh, working my ways towards that. What I did with my pastry course was I did a bit of market research, um, sort of asking people what they might want want out of a pastry course because, I mean, it's a huge topic. And uh, in the end, I decided, based on what I'd uh, got some feedback from, was I chose just pie crust, effectively what we, what we would call short crust. And um, I went into it in a very sort of deep, deep way, um, going behind, you know, but the science, understanding that and the various modules that I've got um, teach people that progressively slightly more and more complicated aspects of that pastry. So I do like a savory kind of application, but that same uh, recipe can be applied in both a sweet and savory environment. I do some very sort of plain, definitely sweet pastries. And then I um, also do a module where I'm teaching people how to adapt some of the recipes that I've already taught them so they get a bit more confident with that. And uh, the final module is um, is a, called the Perfect Tea Party where sort of to reach mission accomplished, students have to bake two or more products of what they've learned in the previous modules. And it's over a 10-week period of time, which those in some ways might seem a lot, but there's two break weeks in there. But also why I wanted it to be that long is because I wanted to differentiate myself from a bricks and mortar cookery school so, for example, you go to one day course at a bricks and mortar coffee school, and um, it could be great fun. Uh, but they, their sort of idea of value might be that they're cramming as many recipes in that day for you. And that's certainly been my experience. I get to the end of the day, and I feel a bit overwhelmed. And I've done a lot, but I'm not quite sure exactly what I've learned. And and then I get home. And I try and recreate it in my own oven, but the oven's different from the cookery school and it doesn't work. And I've got no one to ask. Uh, so, you know, it just kind of compounded the issues I was having. So for my pastry course, what I've done is it's created a support network. Over the 10-week period, you've got lots of time to practice. And lot, I kind of alluded to things at the beginning of the interview about some things aren't as difficult as they seem. And that's what I try and teach in my pastry course is that it's just about practice. If I show very key techniques and then you get lots of time to repeat that with the support from me. I do some uh, midweek live webinar calls and then there's also a closed Facebook group where people are posting what they're, um, what they're baking and I give feedback in that. So, and at the end of the day, um, you know, students have come out, all of them have sort of said how, how much their pastry skills have improved. So that's kind of, you know, the idea of what I'm aiming for is providing that ongoing support and accountability that I think um, is missing from a bricks and mortar cookery schools because you're only there for one, typically one day. Yeah. Right, right. That sounds really fun. Are they recorded where they watch you bake it? The demos are all pre-recorded. You can watch them as many times as you want. Uh, and they're all in the membership platform area. So uh, you've got access to that as long as well as my, all the recipes as well. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like fun. What is your favorite pastry? That's that's a hard question. <laughs> you mean do you mean like uh, as in a full recipe or just the, the actual pastry crust itself? The full recipe. So for a savory, I would say I've got this one I teach in my course. It's a caramelized onion tart. It's just to die for, <laughs> but it's really easy to make and but it's just delicious. And then I think for a sweet pastry, I would probably go with my apple pie. Mm. Yeah. I would love to taste some of your baking. Well, actually, my <laughs> apple pie recipe is actually up on my blog website. So I know you said you'd post the um, my website in, yeah. the, in thing. But uh, yeah, but the re- that apple pie recipe is up there for, for folk if they're mm. interested. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What's your vision for your your school and for, you know, just what you want to do going forward? Sure. Out of my school, I'm I'm aiming to have, I suppose, modules of areas of skill that I would like to teach people. So at the moment, I'm you know I've got one thing on pastry, kind of imagine macarons, maybe bread, cakes, that kind of thing, and that ultimately I might want to each of those. I, th- I think students could take individually in their own right. But I probably would like to build it up to maybe an overall patisserie program. So maybe it would be a three or six month program, say something like that, that you could that you could take that would still get, you know, my support and things like that. But alongside of that, um, you know, I know some of my students who've been through my course have really enjoyed the community aspect of, of baking together, you know, in the Facebook group uh, and getting that uh, feedback. So there's there's that element of it that I'm wanting to make sure I meet people at their needs because I'm wanting to also create a Facebook group that's separate to my school that I've called it Baking in a Better World. And I'm still working through exactly what the objectives of, of that group will be, but I kind of see the two working together that there's going to be certainly transferring of skills and sharing of recipes and things like that. But there might be themes running through it about, you know, what, what's everybody baking for charity this week or maybe aiming to host the world's biggest online tea party or something like that. So it's really fostering community and giving back to the world, you know, that kind of thing, even if it's in a small way. That's kind of how I sort of see the two working together. It's, yeah, one is my school, transferring skills and having students that feel confident and happy with themselves, you know, how they're being in themselves with their baking and what it can do for the for them in their own right and their families and the people that they're sharing with. But then also, as I say, having a community and a Facebook group where we are all making a, a contribution to the world around us in other ways. Well, that's a great vision. Uh, it sounds like so much fun. You know, the biggest tea party online. Uh, I think that would be great, great fun. And just to yeah. have that community around, you know, baking for someone, baking for a, a nonprofit or a charity and then sharing ideas and tips. And yeah, do they share pictures? Would they be sharing pictures of what they created or doing yeah. demos? Yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, so I would I would want to be doing my own demos in that group as well. Um, so yeah, it's, as I say, it's in its infancy. I've kind of just bagged the, um, the name of it in terms of the Facebook group, as I say, and I'm just wanting to think through um, strategy and objectives before I fully launch it. So, right, yeah. right. Have you ever thought about doing demos on YouTube and 
getting a following? I have. I do have a YouTube channel, but nothing uh, sort of officially live yet. And that's uh, that's certainly on the to-do list at the moment. I really would love to be able to do that. I've taken lots of footage of pre-recorded stuff and it's just um, editing it and getting it out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You could do a tip of the day or a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So lots of potential there. Absolutely. (laughs) So what's next in your patisserie journey? For me, I'm always wanting to keep learning and refining my skills and being able to transfer that to other people. So as I said, I'm, I'm working on a macaron course at the moment and wanting to just refine that a bit before I launch it. Um, I think I'm thinking of doing something that's going to be maybe quite short. So I think at the moment I'm thinking about something called macarons by Monday or something. So it's something that people can do do over a weekend kind of course and then building up some of the other material that I think people would be interested in. I think that there's there's such a broad range of skill sets that people might want to be interested in. So whether it's basic cakes, whereas some people might want something a bit more sophisticated um, where you're doing something called like an entremet, which is um, basically called a, it's, it's a layered dessert kind of cake. And you've got mirror glazes and things like that, that I say in themselves look very complicated, but, but really they, they're not, each of the components are, are quite simple. And I would love to be able to give people the confidence to do them because they're great fun. Um, yeah. And you can have so much fun with the flavors and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody <laughs> would be impressed. <laughs> Yeah, it's very easy to wow people with some things that look massively complicated, but actually they're not. They're not. Mm-hmm. What does patisserie mean? It's the art of pastry, I think, and but it's it kind of encompasses the whole thing of more your sort of refined elements of of what I would call baking. It's something that's perhaps not as rustic as as perhaps your um, your farm farmhouse apple pie, shall we say? If you can imagine what that might be, um, so it's kind of describing the art of um, of pastry and sort of it includes chocolate and um, things like that, where you're sculpting things and making really really fine like, fine decorations and um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So kind of like the art, more of an art. It is, form. yeah. It's more like yeah, describing it as an art, um, mm-hmm. the art of baking, I suppose, um, but yeah. in, at a refined level, yeah. Yeah, because I know when you go in, you know, fancier restaurants and their desserts are just so beautiful and so creative and you almost don't yeah. want to eat them. <laughs> it, it, exactly, yeah. I mean, the, the hours that it's taken to make them so beautiful and that those kind of displays are exactly what patisserie is. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that many women in my audience love to bake and cook and would love to participate in your school and maybe even take your course. Um, you have something you want to offer them. You want to tell us what that is? Yeah, I've, I've got a free download that people are welcome to. It's my 10 Secrets of Pastry Success. And it's also my recipe for bakewell tarts. I'm not quite sure if, I don't know where your, where your audience is mostly in the US, but bakewell tart is a, a quintessential English dessert. It's a tart, so a pie, a pie crust base with traditionally it's a bit of raspberry jam, a little bit of raspberry jam, and then an almond cake kind of filling. So a bit like, I don't know if you've ever, familiar with frangipani perhaps that's something a bit more familiar with people but it's an almond based thing and it's it's delicious so all the instructions for that are are in that download so wow fun that sounds delicious really 
And if, if anybody's got any questions, obviously, please email me. I'd be delighted to help if I can. Absolutely. And when do you think your school will be up? So my so my pastry course is, I've, I've launched it twice already. Um, I'm not planning at the moment running it again until probably January, February next year. But um, if people go to my website and they're interested in it, they can always just sign up to the waiting list and they'll be informed, you know, whenever I get that sent out. And and also that'll put them onto the list when I do my macaron course and things like that. So that's probably the best way to uh, keep, be kept informed. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming today and sharing about your passion and uh, teaching us a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. I've been delighted to, to be here. Thank you for your invite. Good luck to you and everything that you're doing out there in the world and how you're contributing. Uh, I hope that the uh, charity that you help promote, that that really does well. Uh, that, that sounds amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Keep safe and well. So that's it, everybody. If you want to know more about Shirley and her cooking school or you want to get a hold of her recipes and some of her courses, just look at the show notes and all her information will be there as well as this free download and uh, have fun baking. So until next time, everybody, be confident, be real and be you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.